psychosis Why they wanna hit me with the diagnosis Why they wanna make sure my mind closes Conspiracy my ass, they want us to die fast Exposes, psychosis If you wouldn't mind, blow this Get deep, get mind blowing, got mind going Psycho shit, I hope this Wait, shoot the fuck up Alright, this is the Human Condition Podcast by Max Benny. As I, I think I ended last episode. Uh, there's a few things that I want to um, continue and elaborate. And, uh, something that's to which I have come to a conclusion or a revelation on to the aspect of... Uh, Physics and theoretical physics. And let me restate that for a minute. Theoretical physics. That's that's the point there, people. That's the that's the that's the point as to which they confine you into an aspect of recollection or even uh, assertion as to which you should perceive. A limitation to the aspect of their dictation. That's that's where your perception of your own perspective should come into play. They don't know everything. They don't know everything. And they act like they do. This is the postmodernists that have an assumption as to their religion of science being an assertion to the end state of reality. But it's not. It's not. And never will be. Uh, We already uh, talked about this previously with an aspect to rationalism. It's irrational to expect a dictation of a model under the given observation of man to limit the objective perspective of reality to their framework. Yes, we can understand certain aspects of the uh, inherent model of physics, but even within a given aspect of that, we are reduced to a regressional singularity of logic. A regression to an endless perspective of defining reality through their given understanding. That right there is inherently illogical. It has two bases of secular logic that is just fallible within the definition of itself. Not only do you have an infinite regression of the basis to understanding, but you also have a limitation of prescribed observation under a given model. That's two. That's, that is two logical fallacies. That's two logical fallacies. Within itself, that's two logical fallacies. But that's not even the point. That's not even what I'm getting at. I have new revelations. I have new perspectives. Um, New revelations under reflection to not just not even the consensus, but also my aspect of observations under that consensus. That show it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Postmodern reductionism and postmodern 
empiricism, postmodern objectivism can't be achieved. A philosophical view of perception to your limitations and your expectations should not be the dictation of the objective perspective in general. How are you going to limit my ability to believe as to which I confine or I, not even confine, I prescribe my belief as to being? And we're going to get into belief because, uh, uh, my God, belief has an objective measurement. It has an objective measurement and a measurement beyond the only measurement as to which we can measure it. And that's the, that's the funny part of it. That's the funny part of it. And uh, there's even failures of mathematics that I've noticed. And I'm going to start with belief. I'm going to start with belief. Honestly, I didn't listen to my whole last episode, so I don't know if I even uh, got to this. I don't know if I even have this in my last episode. Just telling you, belief is the assumption as to which faith arises. Faith is belief. Okay? That's my first argument. Now, how are you going to argue with faith is belief? If you believe something, it is a faith-based argument. You have no argument for or against. You just believe as to which is so. That sounds like belief, if it's faith. Alright, faith has an objective measurement. Now, this measurement, it has some limitations as to the aspect of its own measurement. Now, I'm saying, I'm saying within this, that you can measure faith through the biomechanical functions of a self. Now, there's a few problems with this. I'm going to go straight off the bat, and I'm going to say, look, you know, I believe in God. I'm a spiritual person. But, there's a few problems with this. But at least you can say there's belief as to which causes effect in reality. Okay, it has a biomechanical function to create a pattern of outcome, a pattern of outcome that can be affected by the state of mind. Now, there's a lot, there's a, there's a resurgence, and there's a surgence of the perspective to uh, consciousness being an aspect of reality. This almost is a, uh, and you know what, it's kind of weird that it's in lockstep with a, uh, a popular cultural icon of dictation. So there's this episode of Rick and Morty, and there's this episode of Rick and Morty where Rick, or Rick and, and Morty, but first in, do you want to, claim the uh, 
precedence as to which Morty enters the video game. His consciousness is fractured across all aspects of NPCs. All NPCs have a fraction of Morty and they must gain a... Um, going with beyond the bounds of con or of the video game to reform his consciousness in this video game and uh, Rick is the uh, person who is conscious of this so Morty's um, consciousness is fractured so there's a lot of weird shit going on right now about consciousness does consciousness arrive with complexity is consciousness a fundamental factor to the dictation of the uh, dual slit experiment that will explain the dual wave particle theory that happens within quantum mechanics? This is the expression of experimental aspects that define the definition of the duality of particle wave theory. And this is... This is just a little bit of a pop cultural uh, connotation to give a better understanding as to the aspect of the dual slit experiment. Um, but that, that's, that's, point is, point is, contradictions of mathematicals, mathematics exist. It's contradictions, people. And I went on to Hegel about contradictions. But, Hegel's not written into the aspect of social expectation. He's written into the aspect of social consideration. And this is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem with mathematics. It's written by man, and they assume it as to be written in stone. In stone. And it's not. It's not written in stone. And I went on to with the contradictions of mathematics, Heisenberg, dual wave particle theory, Rajah's method of uh, um, infinity. But, 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 but there's more. Circles, circles don't exist. A perfect circle does not exist in reality. It's just an assumed shape. Now we mathematics mathematics all right I'll, I'll grant you this there's there, there's some basis as to which why um circles are prescribed are prescribed as a function of a shape in reality we see them we look out we see circles we look down into some atomic particles and we see circles so I mean, it's only rational. And I went on about rationalism for God. So how am I saying that rationalism for a circle does not exist? What's the circle's uh, expressional integer in mathematics? You're like 3.14. 3.14 blah, 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 blah. It's infinite. Circles are infinite. Pi is infinite. 
Pi is infinite. And there's better explanations as to a function of pi. It's called phi. Phi. And this is the perversion of language that occurs through a manipulation over time. Phi is pi. And phi, phi, well, that's the golden ratio. That's an objective perspective of the Fibonacci sequence that we see replicated in a dictation of nature. Nature is the grand design. Nature's the grand design. If you want to look at how to replicate something in a function to best deal with the physics at which is applied, nature is no better engineer. Nature is the best way to replicate a function of physics. We look the only way as to which science was first asserted was through metaphysical observation. You look at how engineering is done, it's a replication. And this replication, I assert, has a mm, basis within the function to geometry. And this is where sacred geometry holds its secrets. This is why ancients revered the objective opinion of function to geometric shapes as being relative to nature. This is why we see we look at a uh, beehive. They have hexagons. We look at the structure of rotational energy in water. It has a hexagon. This is why we freeze water and it has a hexagon. This is why we look up the rotational fluidity of Saturn's eye and it shows what? A hexagon. Hexagons are the second strongest shape in nature in engineering standards. They also hold another key. They're the second strongest, but they hold the most area. They hold the most area. This is why bees use it as a basis to rear young. This is why grubs of bees exist in hexagons. They build these hexagons to achieve a structure of stability that is inherently emplaced on them by the physics and create the most area. This is so important, people. This is, this, you have no idea how important this is. Maybe you do, and uh, I'm late to the call. But uh, if you are, kudos. But uh, let's just start with the fundamental fact that we do not know anything. We do not know anything. And we ascribe and assume we know everything. 
in mathematics and in theoretical fact. It's fucking goddamn multi-worlds. It's 11 dimensions. Does that really make sense to you? You can only see three spatial dimensions. I mean, I already talk about how time is not relative. Uh, time is the psychological invention of your own mortality of man. Time exists because we know we must die. Time exists because we must we must die. But what relativeness of that time is to our perspective of reality has no bearings. So we should measure it as to which the fluid exchange of the medium of space. Uh, we see light come at us, but that's 1% of the wave function. There's so much more. Space is a fluid within itself. And if we measure the basis of that perception of exchange as to reach us as the limitation of velocity, well, we're inventing time to understand the basis of exchange of our universe. It, And then you're going to square that shit. Like I was saying earlier, you're going to square time. It, it makes no sense. Time means nothing. Time is not anything. It's only us creating a understanding of our universal function. Our universe's function. But it doesn't... It's not an apparent method as to which we ascribe objective reality. It's nothing. Time is nothing. And we need to... We need to drop the dogma that individuals ascribe to the basis of reality and see past our own limitations. And maybe take on more functions instead of immediately... Uh, pre-subscribing special relativity as having a basis of fundamental function. Now, there's a few fundamental functions I agree with in mathematics. I, I definitely agree that electromagnetism of Maxwell has a basis of reality. I agree in weak and strong nuclear forces. Do I agree in gravity? No, I don't. I don't agree in gravity. I think gravity is our own ignorance, just like dark energy. And the basis of, uh, I don't even know if I talked about this in my last episode. I didn't get all the way through it. Um, the plus or minus sign you see in mathematics to ascribe a uh, dark or a black hole in the black hole's existence well, there's a plus sign because anytime you square and anytime you root an integer in mathematics, you have a plus or minus because minus times minus is plus and plus times plus is plus. So we have the negative affinity within the uh, aspects of general relativity to explain the concept of black holes. But you know what? Nobody talks about 
Nobody talks about the plus side of that integer. What's the plus side? The plus side is a white hole. Nobody talks about white holes. Everybody acts like they know everything. But if black holes exist, shouldn't there be the positive as to the aspect of that? So that should be white holes. White holes are the outcome of the other side. It's a recycling, man. It's a fucking goddamn Buddhist perspective of uh, reality. It's the endless recycling of matter and energy to form new aspects of reality. Where's the white hole? Where's the white hole? That's my point. That's my point. And and we're going to get on. I'm going to get on with it. I'm going to get on with it. Okay, so there's... They act like we know the shape of our universe. It's circle, right? Everybody's seen that model of distribution of energy through the uh, model of uh, atrophy to the existence of the universe. Everybody's seen that little stripe and the red stripe in the middle that's dispersing throughout the universe. Well, 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 there's so many problems with that. There's so many problems with that. One we only see 12% of the universe. How do we know? There's there's actually a circle at the end. It's uh, How do we know the shape of the universe? And we add tw- 12, 11 dimensions depending on the method of a model of theor- theoretical. Theoretical physics. Theory. Theoretical. Why do we act like we know everything? We don't know anything. We don't know anything. And we act like we know everything. But we don't know shit. Okay? We really don't know a goddamn thing. We see 12% of the universe and we ascribe to which we know to the aspect of our own mathematical models. When there's so many problems with our mathematical models. How do things exist in one area and then have an apparent perception of possibility of location? The dual-wave particle theory. It's all contradictions. And and, 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 and I'm going to just state this. Circles are infinite. And it doesn't mean anything. Because what if we were in my personal belief, just like I ascribe these shapes of reality as to being hexagonal, the apparent nature of reality replicating the possibility and the most stable structure is going to be probably the outcome of the space around it, right? So, space is a hexagon. Well, if you take space is a hexagon you can get a toroid and this is what i was going on in my first episode the toroid the toroid the universe right now is a hexagonal toroid and that's one of the possible outcomes i saw a paper about 10 possible outcomes about the uh, actual shape of the universe. But you know why we see circles? You know why we look out there and we see circles? Okay. Well, 
There's one thing we can guarantee we see. Two things. Two things, actually. I apologize. There's two things we can see in our universe when we look out into the sky. Well, we see momentum forwardly, and we see angular momentum. These are two objective facts. This is why we think the world is spinning, because the world is spinning. Not the universe, the world must be spinning. Well, what causes the world to spin? The solar system. But the solar system spins around the black hole. So it seems like everything's spinning, right? Everything's fucking spinning. Everything has angular momentum. Everything has angular momentum. And let me just reiterate, if you look into Google for the aspect of uh, toroidal fields, you'll come up with nothing. You'll come up with this pseudoscientific explanation. Toroids don't exist. It's just pseudoscientific. But, and then look at that. My fucking mic just went down a notch. Mm, okay, whatever. I might just stop this at this point. Uh, if I do, it's just because I don't trust my um, recording. I've done this already, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, Google will tell you that toroids don't exist, but they do. You look up Einstein-Carton method of general relativity. All right. This is the Human Condition Podcast. I'll be right back.